0: You're listening to Joy Coaching America with the Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant, spreading upbeat, uplifting, informative messages of hope and happiness from sea to shining sea from our home in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. Welcome to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Lynn Grant, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Eric Moutsos. And I'm so excited to be here with you today, Eric. I would love to share with our listening audience today on Joy Coaching America that many of you have heard Eric's name. Many of you already know about the amazing documentary that he has produced and created called Non-Essential, which is going around Utah and Exceeding the boundaries and the borders of Utah into overflowing into other states where people are so excited to hear the story and are listening and taking note. Eric is a small business owner. He has started uh, the Small Business Revival Facebook page. He's a father, he's a husband, he's a former police officer, and now he is spreading the word of Non-Essential. And Eric, I would love for you to start out this show today with sharing your story. We would all love to hear it. And we're so grateful that you've made time in your busy schedule to join with me today in sharing your work with Non-Essential.
1: Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Um, thank you, Karen. I'm, I'm I'm glad to be here. And I don't know where you want me to start. My story's kind of packed with... with I feel, I kind of feel like Forrest Gump in a lot of ways. I've lived multiple lives in just 39 years. So,
0: well, let's start right where you feel is the topic for today. I know that things originate Things originate in childhood, childhood dreams. Your dream of being a police officer. You're also a singer. And I've loved listening to and re-watching Non-Essential and watching the part where you perform with Colin Ray. We're so excited about all of that. I want to hear about your music. I love music. I know our listening audience does. So share your, share your life with us.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um I grew up in in Taylor'sville, Utah. Um I was a I was a Plymouth Patriot. I was a Eisenhower General in junior high and then I was a Taylor'sville Warrior in high school. Awesome. And um I grew up there um, uh, most of my life. Um I I got into I got into um country music actually after I tried to serve an LDS mission uh, for my church. I came home early from depression and, and that was a, that was a huge blow to, to everything because I was, I was preparing for it. I was so excited. And then when I got out there, I just, I never felt anything like it. And, and I thought depression, I thought it was just one of those things you could just pull yourself out of um, and, and thought, why, how could people be this sad until it happened to me? And, and and so was
0: that your first experience with depression is when you went out on your mission?
1: To that degree, absolutely. Um, I, didn't, I didn't think it, it could be as crippling as it was. And it, it was absolutely crippling. And, and all of a sudden, I'm home now. And, you know, and in, in our culture, that's just something you don't do. You don't come home. And when you do, everyone's like, well, why did he come home? And, mm-hmm. and I, so I just hid myself in my basement, you know, for months. And I finally came across a, um, I finally came across this uh, Yahoo karaoke chat room uh, online, and i have never heard anything like it. But it was these people singing; <laughs> they were singing country music through the internet. And I thought that they were it was I thought it was a joke, but it wasn't. Then they got down to my name. And they said, "It's your turn," and and so I finally I said oh, I said pass because I didn't know how to sing. So then I started practicing a Garth Brooks song over and over. And, and the next day it came to me and I sang this Garth Brooks song and you know, you saw the little emojis clapping
0: Mm -hmm. and it sparked
1: a whole new life in me. And so I started. Did you
0: know that you could sing before? Had you had a passion for music? I I
1: mean, I, I liked music, but I never, I didn't like it to that degree until I started doing it myself. And so then I entered into a karaoke contest. I won that. And then I entered into a contest called Nashville Star, and I made it to the regional finals. And that's when I got wow. a phone call from, from um, one of my childhood heroes, Evander Holyfield, the boxer. He had a record label um, years ago, and he put me on his record label for about four years.
0: That's and amazing. That's- Is, did you start playing guitar early in your childhood and youth? No. So you just no. started after your mission?
1: That's right. I mean, I had, I'd always had a guitar, but I didn't know, I didn't know how to play it. And, um, and so I started playing guitar. I started singing. Um, I started going back and forth to Nashville. I opened up for Colin Ray and, um, and when I got married, uh, Stacy and I, we had our first child and our first, um, our first child was getting ready to turn one and they wanted me to come do this radio tour. And I told the guy, I said, Hey, I can't do it this date because it's my daughter's first birthday. And he says, I don't think you understand what this is going to take. And And I just had this really, I just had this feeling like, I don't, I I don't think this is going to work for my family.
0: <laughs>
1: and, um, and I it was really sad because I wanted to do that. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to be a country singer. Um, And within, you know, a year and a half, I went from never singing to open up for Colin Ray. It was just a huge passion of mine.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing, Eric. It's amazing. I love Colin Ray. I've I've listened to Colin Ray for as long as I can remember. I love him. I love his music. I remember listening to him when I went through my divorce in 1992, and his music pulled me through. Some very beautiful songs of his uh, were just amazing, and it's amazing as well the power of music to help us through depression and they say that 20 minutes of singing is like 20 minutes of walking and can bring endorphins to the brain and stimulate the brain with the same happy chemicals as walking can so that must have been a it. joy to you to experience the joy of finding your voice and singing and realizing you had a mission doing that
1: yes yeah, so so then when i so then i got out of that and that's when i did a ride along with this guy in my in my ward in my church who who uh was on the gang unit and the SWAT team and so that's when um that's when i looked into police work i did a ride along with him i loved it i came home i didn't want to come home from it and i said sweetie i really love this and she said you'd be a good cop
0: how old were you when you became a policeman
1: i want to say 25 maybe
0: so you were married did you have you had a little girl at that time
1: yep um, and then started. right when I was sworn in, um, we had our second. And so, um, so I, I never dreamed about being a cop when I was younger. I just kind of fell into it to tell you the truth.
0: Well, just kind of so like how, how you fell involved. into being a country singer. It <laughs> Sounds uh, like right. you've been surprised by joy quite a bit. So were you a policeman in, it was it in Kaysville?
1: Salt Lake city police.
0: Okay. Salt Lake city. Yep. You have a book called Dispatched, and my husband, Dell and I met you last summer at the Loving Liberty Radio. Oh, there was a big, Kathy Smith put on a big production out in Kaysville. I think it was at Barnes Park. We met you there. We waited in line to come up, and we bought your book, and we, we met you. I'm sure you were surrounded by people. I'm sure you don't remember that, but we remember you, and we're so impressed with your heart, with your integrity, with your spirit, you are like a Captain Moroni. I have many friends that are calling you like Captain Moroni, fighting for our liberties, wives, children, marriages, families. And so tell us, tell us the story. Uh, well, we have two minutes, so I want <laughs> to have you start into the story. Yeah, no, and then no, well, well, we'll, well
1: I want to, I want to, I want to say that I think one of the reasons why I don't know. People resonate with stuff I write is because I don't feel I don't feel worthy a lot of the times. Which um, I think the closer you get to God, the more He shows you um, how unworthy you really are. In a good way, um, Neale Maxwell once said, "There's a difference between um, divine discontent and the devil's dissonance." Mm-hmm. And and uh, I I really do feel like I'm not. I, I feel like I I am not worthy to to do a lot of stuff. Um, that I talk about, but I know that God, um, he forgives me every day. I'm a sinner. Um, I, I believe integrity is admitting that you don't always have it. Um, I believe that if you can um, come to God every morning and, and realize that you're off a little bit and he'll put you back on path, um, that's, that's how you can find strength. Um, is to realize that you actually are weak. And that's, I really do feel that way. I I mean, even talking about it, you know. Um, And so I just want to address that because some people think just because you advocate for these principles that you must be this righteous person and I'm not.
0: You know, I I love the scripture in Ether that talks about if men come unto me and bring me their weakness and humble themselves before me, I will make weak things Mm -hmm become strong into them and we can we can all vouch for your strength, Eric. We are all inspired by your strength. I know that as my husband and I came in late a little bit, I mean the, the film had not started yet, the video had not started, the documentary non-essential, but we sat on some stairs and we were very close to you and we could barely keep our mouth shut, as with the rest of the audience. It was like the the aha moments, the the amazing realizations that kind of smacked us were just powerful and we were able to look over at you and have eye contact and feel of your spirit. I know everybody did and does and will. The Honest in Heart will receive your work and I know that we really did and we came away wanting to support you. This is Carolyn Grant interviewing Eric and we are so grateful for the documentary non-essential. We'll be right back after this station break. From sea to shining sea and beyond, you're listening to Joy Coaching America Worldwide with show host and Joy Coach, Karen Lynn Grant. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America with Karen Lynn Grant interviewing Eric Mutsos. And Eric, if I'm saying your name, if I'm pronouncing Uh that wrong, Mutsos. Mutsos. Okay. Thank you. Eric has written a book, Dispatched. He has been the creator. He is the creator of the documentary that is flying around schools, auditoriums, businesses, homes, uh, non-essential And what that means to the people of Utah and beyond, because now this documentary is going outside the borders of Utah and reaching our neighbors in other states. Eric, before we go into the the documentary itself and the production of that, I would like to have you share with us a little bit about your experience in being a police officer and the experiences that you have noticed and a call for compassion for
1: for policemen yeah sure well i mean the thin blue line that you hear um which is the which is the line of law and it's where things can go south really quick if we don't have law it keeps getting thinner and thinner and the reason why is because you have um in a lot of places not all places but you have really um kind of corrupt uh, administrators and when i say that I don't mean that, that everybody is, but policies, procedures, um, uh, w- when you, th- when you look at the justice system, we have to have that, but there's a lot of broken things within the justice system. You know, for example, um, nine out of 10 people are in prison because of drug related offenses. Um, wow. to me, I think that's, that's, and I know a lot of people may disagree with it, but I think that's more evil than the drugs themselves, um, But I know you can't have a perfect system. Um, The reason why I got out of law enforcement is because I called out the quota system in Salt Lake City Police. Um, They wanted us to arrest five people per day. Um, And I told them that I didn't feel comfortable with that at all. And that's where it started. And ultimately, I lost my police badge because uh, they wanted five of us to celebrate in the LGBT parade in our uniforms. And so what you have here is this Um, officers are now smashed in between very political agencies, especially the bigger agencies Mm -hmm. and the public. So the, 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 the politics on top and then the public on bottom and these officers are just smashed in the middle. And so, um, I try to talk about this in, in defense of officers everywhere, but at the same time, when we see, um, officers or departments violating civil rights and the Mm -hmm. constitution, that's when we have to call that out. And we have to do it in a in a fair voice and a loving voice. But we and um, and and just let these officers know that we have their back. But we also have to let them know that we have their back when they uh, uh, follow the Constitution that they were sworn to protect. And sometimes, um, sometimes they don't even realize. I didn't realize when I first started um, uh, what it was all about the the numbers dilemma, meaning you got to hit your stats. And so, in my opinion. Um, a lot of the problems that we're seeing, uh, nationwide with, uh, you know, quote unquote racism, which I don't believe exists like the left wants to uh, says that it does. It's, it stems from a a system of quotas. So for example, if you have a white police officer that's, um, set up in a minority neighborhood, but he has to hit his goals, you know, quote unquote goals. Um, what's it going to look like? You know, when I was on the motorcycle squad, we had to do 20 tickets per day, um, Wow. And so when you've got an officer, when you've got an officer having to hit his numbers in order to advance his career or promote, um, so, and he's stopping anything to try to hit those numbers, but he's in a minority neighborhood, what do you think it's going to look like? It's going to look like racism when it's right. not. Um, I never heard a racial slur in seven years at the Salt Lake City Police Department from any police officer. I never heard it um, because I don't believe that exists like they want you to believe it does. Um, and so they're in quite the predicament right now. And so I absolutely back the blue. We did a big uh, blue rally in Salt Lake City when all the Black Lives Matter happened. We did the first blue rally in Salt Lake and it was scary because the Black Lives Matter came and did a counter protest with us. And um, the whole time I was just letting people know that the police have done a fantastic job during COVID 19 in Utah. They have not, I mean, maybe one or two instances where they've, you know, trespassed people for not wearing a mask or whatever. Uh, but for the most part, they did a great job. And so we have to, we have to, um, stand up for law enforcement and law enforcement has to stand up for us.
0: Eric, what can we do as citizens to show gratitude and appreciation for our police officers?
1: Well, just like you did, you know, you said, thank you for what you do. And, um, and, and really that's it. I mean, if, if, the, another thing we can do is is teach our kids the Constitution. I, didn't, I was never taught the Constitution when I was younger. I didn't even understand it until I was a cop and I read a book called The 5,000-Year Leap by Cleon Skousen and that's really what made me start questioning practices within the police department itself.
0: Cleon Skousen is a wonderful man. He was my neighbor when I lived in Salt Lake City two doors down. I have beautiful stories about Brother Skousen. And the story that you're referring to is during the thick of all of this, when police officers were being mistreated, and by and large, in large numbers, I had pulled up to a police car that was on the side of the road in front of a store in a strip mall, and rolled down my window, and I just, my heart was filled with compassion, and I just felt to think these two officers for Mm -hmm. the wonderful job that they have done in my life. I've had a son who has encountered the law. I've had the police knocking at my door. I've had police protecting me during a divorce. I've had, you know, I've, I've only experienced the good. And, Mm -hmm. and so I just rolled down my window and thanked these two officers and tears welled up in the eyes of the officer behind the wheel. In my eyes and in the passenger officer who leaned forward and said, thank you. It's been, it's been a long time since we, we heard words of gratitude. I just think that that's, that's something that we need to encourage our listeners to do is to show and to show respect and to show gratitude for those who are there to protect us. And that's huge. I want to make that point today. Well, we came to non-essential. We had friends that went, we had friends that went to Vernal, we had friends that saw it in Ephraim, and then it came to be our turn, and a friend texted me the little meme and said, get over to uh, the, the Kimber Academy in Lehigh for a four o'clock showing, a six o'clock showing, or an eight o'clock showing, and we went, and I have to tell you, Eric, we loved it. We loved the speakers that you had afterwards Uh, Dahlia's Mm -hmm. Hope and as well the pro-life and I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing and so if you could just take two minutes and begin what inspired you to do this documentary we we do have two minutes before we have to break and then we'll come back and talk about the creation of non-essential
1: okay so so you have we have two minutes Yes. Yeah, so I inspired... thought we, I thought we stopped there.
0: <laughs> no, what we, what inspired you to create this movie, this documentary? Well,
1: is my friend, Steve uh, started, came, he came to our rallies and he just let us, um, he did this really cool um, presentation of not really a presentation, but a video with like this awesome Metallica music on our first rally. And I was like, man, that's sweet. And so we met and then he started talking and then we, kind of came up with this idea that we're going to do this. He was just going to follow around and film and we're going to put, you know, put this together. And that's kind of how it came to be. And it, and it really was miraculous how it all turned out. Um, um, he worked really hard on it. We, we both, well, we both kind of did it. Like he, he put out a first version and then I went up and, you know, sat with him for a couple of weeks and we just like really wanted to make the best possible documentary on what we did this last year with the Utah business revival. And so now we're just going around and we're showing it. We're just gathering people, especially now in this time when the government says you can't gather. That's exactly what I believe we should be doing. And, and so it's been, it's been awesome, you know, because I, I believe that liberty, um, you can't have liberty without morality. And, and when, when governments come in and tell you that you cannot gather, or you've got to stay away, or you've got to do this, or you've got to do that, it's immoral. It's immoral to shut down a business. It's immoral to tell a restaurant they can only um, operate at 25% capacity. It's immoral to shame those who, who love liberty more than, you know, than anything, really. Because without liberty, where would we be? I mean, that's, that's why this country was founded. That's, that's I mean, during, during Washington's time, you know, they, they fought during, during a, a pandemic, smallpox known 25% of their army.
0: We're going to come right back because this is wonderful. Everything you're sharing, we want to hear more. We'll be right back after this break.
1: Welcome to the Loving Liberty Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace. One happy listener at a time. This is Karen Lynn Grant with Joy Coaching America, interviewing the creator and producer of Non-Essential. What does it mean? And what inspired this? And as we were interviewing Eric, he was sharing how his friend Steve just began to film on site as they traveled around doing their work with his small business revival group, which I have been uh, in involved in that in had uh, joined that group a long time ago, and I'm just so grateful for it. So many things have happened, and I really want to put a plug in for non-essential. And Eric, I. I'm excited that you want to take this outside of the state of Utah. Have you had the opportunity yet? And what are your visions and goals for taking it outside of Utah?
1: Yeah. So we, we've gone to four different states now. um, And, and it's been amazing. It's been, we've gone to Missouri, we've gone to Idaho, we've gone to Colorado um, here. uh, We're getting ready to go to Arizona. And so um, I'm, we'll go wherever we're invited. And, and it's just a free showing to people. And like I was talking about with Liberty, there's an actual, there's a tangible spirit to it. And, and that's why I believe Satan, Satan's trying to divide and that's what he always has done. He divides and conquers Mm -hmm. uh, through and isolates. And, and so uh, I believe uh, the devil divides and God gathers and that's the way it's always going to be throughout eternity.
0: You know, you have mentioned, and you mentioned it non-essential, which I really appreciated. You talked about the struggle with depression. And as we have been isolated in our homes and disconnected from each other and, and forbidden to be with our families and to spend Thanksgivings alone or six feet apart or Christmases have been on the minimal as far as celebratory, I just, I, I thought we know that the increase of depression is real and you have a great empathy for that having had experienced it and i think that sometimes when when those of us who have experienced the depths of depression and despair it creates a catalyst in us that makes us want to go And spread more comfort, to spread more connectivity. And so I think what you're doing, I believe what you're doing is so wonderful because it's waking people up, it's bringing people back together. And it was so wonderful to be in that room. I have to tell you, that was the first time I'd been in a group that size and just appreciating the gift of humanity and all age groups, the little children that you had stand under the age of 15 and acknowledge them as the next generation and the elderly that were there. It was, it was beautiful. You had gathered people of all kinds, all types, and they were all in that room together. And how exciting to think that you're going to take this. You're going to take this further. You're going to take this to other states. How have you been received with this information overall?
1: Oh, it's been the same. It's been the same everywhere. It's, it's amazing. You know, it's, and, and that's, and that's when there's, when there's two or more in God's name, he's there. And so it doesn't matter what church you're to, it doesn't matter if you're there and you're talking and you're promoting godly things that's supposed to be there. it's So and that's why the very last year when they did, you know, and Hand gather trying to get us away from each other. I immediately knew the first thing we had to do was gather the first thing. And then we did the first rally in Utah, well, actually, one of the first rallies in the United States back in April of 2020. And I was scared. You know, it's like, you know, they had a snitch line up uh, in Salt Lake City where you could call on your neighbor if you're not social distancing. Police are now going to these calls. And so that's when I turned myself in and, um, and you can do, you can go check out non to look at the trailers. And also if you text, um, when this is finally finished, you can, uh, for your listeners, you can text in the word Liberty to 888-210-6260. That's 888-210-6260. And, um, and once it's finished, then you'll be able to get the final product. So you can share it with your friends as well. Um. But anyway, going back to it, gathering, I I believe, is the most important thing we can be doing um, right now Um, and always. I mean, I didn't realize how much I I missed gathering with people until it was gone. And that's what I've been trying to do the entire last year, really, is just gather people with events and try to not just let people not not be afraid. Especially with the virus with a 99.99% survivability rate, we have lost our minds.
0: You know, Eric, I had a personal experience. I have a a beautiful son, and my son, as he would listen to the news, as he, he, he drives an excavator and he works in Salt Lake City, and he would listen to the news, going to work, being in the excavator, and coming home from work. And every day, I could see him getting a little more depressed and a little more discouraged, and finally he was in a motel and this was in july it was the day before the 4th of july it was on the eve at about midnight when my son called me he said mom i've lost hope i don't have hope this world is crazy and i just want to die he had taken his gun and he was in a uh, he was in a motel and he was threatening suicide and i called the police and i begged them to go To my son in this motel and uh, the police never went and the police never called me back and I knew that the police must be afraid you know I don't I didn't know why that happened but I ended up spending four hours on the phone with my son trying to talk the gun out of his hand and it overlapped into the 4th of July and on the 4th of July I was able to go to that motel room and reach out my hand and extend my hand to him and say michael let's go get help let's go let's go check into a rehab and i remember that night being so so fear stricken myself i thought what is it going to be like if we don't have the police force what if what is it going to be like if we don't have someone that we can call for help what is everybody thinking in 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 changing this society into a society that doesn't have the gift of protection and security and and when you're a mom and you've got a child going through this he's 33 he's not really a child he's an adult but he has struggled with depression all of his life so when i heard your story and how you have taken your experience with depression to to create greater connectivity I thought I can hardly wait for Michael to see the work that you're doing and to experience non-essential. He's now in California putting out, uh, they're tearing down the buildings that burned during the fires in California, in Santa Cruz. And I just want you to know how grateful I am as a mother for the work that you are doing that helps bring to light and helps us all to be aware that policemen are people too. They have hearts. And I've I've only met the kind ones. I've only met the sweet ones. I, If they're trying to get their um, stats up, I can tell you that there's been a number of times when I've been pulled over when they just smiled and patted me on the, patted my window and said, hey, just, you just drive slower. So I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And I just want you to know that. I want to ask you so much about this experience that you had with Colin Ray. I know we all love Colin Ray and what a beautiful voice to hear you singing together and that beautiful harmony that brought tears to my eyes. And, and when the room stood up and sang together at that specific spot, I don't want to you know, ruin, ruin anything for anybody, but what a powerful impact this documentary is going to have on people. And we do have a minute. Just touch lightly on what was it like to sing again with Colin Ray?
1: that was amazing um it was a dream come true really because the first time i opened up for him i didn't get to do that and so this was like it was amazing it really was one of the best moments um especially in 2020 you know um that and when we did a trash your mask rally and all the kids tore up their masks at the capitol that was probably just as as awesome but um it was amazing it was i felt the spirit there so strongly and i just feel that's that's what we're supposed to be doing is is gathering and talking about these things and and questioning you know people get so f- offended when you question the narrative um but i believe the the mainstream narrative that's happening right now it's it's pure evil um and it, everything has been a lie that we've seen
0: it is uh, it's all boils down to the power of integrity. And I'm so grateful for yours, Eric. My husband and I have felt it. Friends of ours have felt it. We'll be right back with more Joy Coaching America. Joy Coaching America, raising the world's vibration to love, joy, and peace, one happy listener at a time. Welcome back to Joy Coaching America. This is Karen Grant Turley with Joy Coaching, and today we are talking with Eric Mozos about the non-essential documentary that he has created with his dear friend Steve. He's putting it on in playhouses and movie theaters from the top of Utah to the bottom of Utah, St. George to Logan to Ogden and everywhere in between, but now exceeding the borders of Utah because there's a demand and people want to see this documentary. I can tell you from my own experience that it is something that you will laugh you will cry. It is one of the most powerful things that will raise the spirit of patriotism. And if you have not been feeling the spirit of liberty, it will be ignited in your soul. And so, Eric, I want to ask you now, what is the next step for you? I know that you've been working with other, other niches, other people that are uh, profoundly integrous and working for causes and you're joining ranks and bringing everybody together in a beautiful revival. Can you tell us what your, what your plans are?
1: Well, it's, I mean, it's good. Like it's good that we gather, but if we're not organized after that, what's it for, you know? Um, Cause you can just feel good about it. Okay. We gathered, but the reason why we're in this predicament is because our, our government has been entirely corrupted. Uh, Utah, for example, took $103 billion for COVID relief. Where did that money go? Nobody knows. Nobody can answer it. And so, you know, we've got to now organize and we have to start flipping these seats in Utah. And so that's what I'm hoping to do with the Utah revival.
0: Do you Um, feel that, oh, go ahead. Tell us where we can go.
1: Well, you can just go to the Utahrevival.com and sign up. because um, that's that's my next my next um, thing that I want to do is is push is try to get people more engaged and so we can start getting organized so that we can uh, take our state back because it's been hijacked big time.
0: And if a person like me and my husband, if we wanted to get involved, how what what kinds of involvement can people do so that we're all feeling like we're part of the progress of your vision?
1: Yeah, I would just say go sign up at the Utah Revival. Just put in your information. All right. And then once I get the structure built up, then we'll send it out to
0: everyone. That's beautiful. So to all of our listening audience, we know that this radio show goes beyond Utah. It goes around the world. And we want to encourage you all to go to that website and to put your information in so that we can all be part of an organized Attempt to reclaim our lost liberties and to share our voices and to speak up for the things that we believe in and that we haven't really known what to do. I know that for months I sat on a couch every night and watched Fox 13, watched Fox News until we could not stand it anymore. And we just, that was the end of that. So I know that there was a day that I stood up and I said to my husband, I can't sit here. I've got to do something. This is. This is so horrible to just sit here and watch all this and say that I believe in liberty and yet not do anything to protect it or to help others to find it, have it, hold it, and keep it precious. So as we go through this, I would love for you to share the story of Rachel. That was really tender and Mm -hmm. sweet, Uh, sharing what we can share with our children, how we can be examples to our children of not necessarily conforming to things that we don't believe in or that we don't want them to just conform to?
1: My kids are, are starting to challenge it at school. You know, it's my youngest. She, you know, she asked me what she can do to be courageous. And so she just started to not wear the mask at school and, you know, um, they don't mess with her. Um, sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't, you know, sometimes she'll put it on if one teacher's getting on her, but uh, for the most part, she's challenging it, and I think that's what all these kids need to be doing. Um, just, but at the same time, you know, it's it's really hard for them because they're they're trying to be obedient, they're trying to listen to what authorities say, and then their parents are saying one thing, and so it's it's a hard line. And so, but people, I think these kids need to feel what it feels like to stand up for themselves because they too know. I mean, they know that it's stupid. Um, they can clearly see that it's. If you can breathe air, you can breathe anything into your system. And um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully our state will be open back up and should have never been shut down in any form or fashion. Um, we should have been the city on a hill in Utah, and that's why we need to start flipping these seats in Utah um, because these these elected officials have become kind of tyrants in a way, and they just, they don't care what people have to say. They're just... They do what they need to do in order to keep their jobs, um, in order to keep their positions, they their career politicians. Um, a lot of them crave power, which is just so crazy to me. Um, why, number one, you'd want a position like that. And number two, why you'd want to keep a position like that. Um, it's a, it's, it, it attracts some very strange people.
0: I think that that's very true and I love what you're doing to have that endeavor to turn the seats over and turn them over into the hands of, of those who have courageous will and beliefs and liber- love of liberty and integrity, that word, the integrity, that's what I felt when I was at your documentary is that it's going to take people um, standing up for what they believe in. It's going to take people overcoming their fear and teaching their children like you have taught Rachel and and Rachel's standing up and she wanted to share that with the audience that night and and we just celebrated her, my husband and I. We celebrated her. And I do agree as well that children do understand. And what are we raising? We're raising a, a generation of children to be silenced and to be quiet and to not share their opinions and to just flow with the norm. So I love what you're doing. Can you give us a way to reach you, Eric?
1: Yeah. If you just go to my webpage, which is ericmutzos.com, you can sign up. You can uh, read my book for free there. If you just want to read it on your phone, if you want to get it, if you want to hold the actual book, it's on Amazon. Um, and then you'll at least get alerts, um, on my, on my blog and everything. And, um, and that's the best way you can contact me through my webpage, which is again it's Eric Moutsos. It's E R I C M O U T S O S dot com.
0: Eric, when you wrote that book, was that the first time you had written a book or articles or blogs? What um,
1: kind of? Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 not a I'm not good at. Um, grammar or spelling. And so I had, I had somebody help me put it together kind of a, a ghost writer, but I put all my stories together and then he helped me, you know, um, put it together in a way that's that, you know, it can go in a book like this, but it's, uh, people have loved it. So, um, I'm glad it was more therapy for me, you know, cause it was really traumatic how I left the police department. I was all, I was all over national news. Um, it was, it was awful, but it was looking back, it was the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, because I was able to find God on a deeper level and I was able to believe in myself on a deeper level and, and so, so yeah, it's out there and that's, that's why I put it out there is to just let, let people know that they too can have a voice wherever they're at. You know, I was, I helped to pass legislation or my stories did with, uh, banning quotas in police or, or banning police quotas in Utah in 2018 That's and wonderful. then a religious, uh, Freedom bill was passed and they used my story. So that's good.
0: I think what you're doing, Eric, is you're giving everybody the courage to be true to themselves and to put your story out there to be so transparent is amazing. I think that people love you for it. Those There's always going to be those naysayers that that do not and that will not but you're gonna find and I'm sure you've already found that you are claiming friends faster That the Lord raises up friends. He raises up angels along the way and we're all grateful to you. We're excited for what you're doing. I, I'm excited to share this with the women in Joy Coaching America to let my dear friend Ramona in Michigan who had to dump gallons and gallons and gallons and thousands of gallons of milk during COVID and I got to hear her tears. I got to hear the heartache of the farmers, the depression of the farmers, the sorrow and the suicide rate of the farmers. Um, as we have be listened to our friends in other states, I think that what you have done is going to give people so much courage to stand up and to, to find their niche and to take up, their, take up their title of liberty and to wave that banner high. So as we close the show, Eric, what word could you give to us to encourage us to be true to ourselves, to read your book, and to go to your website?
1: Yeah, well, um, I, would, I would just say, like people always say, well, what can I do? What can I do? I would, I would first just say, get straight with yourself. Get straight with God. If you don't believe in God, then get straight with people around you. And, um, just try to try to start over every morning and pray or meditate, whatever you do, and you'll get ideas. And when you have those Mm -hmm. ideas, it's usually to serve other people. And when you serve other people, um, I believe that's when you're going to find, you're going to find yourself. And so, so that's what I recommend. And when you do that, then you'll get more ideas and then more ideas. And then when you keep doing that, then it just, you know, your circle starts to grow bigger.
0: I and believe that's, that. And that's, I how,
1: believe- that's how it's done, um, at least if you want to make change. So that's, that's my advice.
0: The change starts within, and then it spreads to the whole. We're so grateful for you, Eric. Thank you so much for joining me on Joy Coaching America. This is a beautiful mm-hmm. nutshell. I know that there's so much more that could have been said and needs to be said, but this was a beautiful a beautiful share today. Thank you. This is Karen Lynn Grant on Joy Coaching America. Go see Non-Essential.